it is a privilege to be here, and what a joy it is to be in God's house, worshiping together. Let's bow our heads as we invite the Lord's presence to be here and to teach us what he wants us to hear. Our wonderful Savior, thank you for the blessed opportunity that we have to be gathered together on your beautiful Sabbath day uh, to worship and adore you and to let you speak to our hearts. Uh, I don't know what everyone is going through in this, in this room, but I pray that, that you would speak to each heart with what each one needs to hear. Send us your Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth and to show us how to apply your word in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of my sermon is The Most Beautiful Instrument in the World. What do you think that might be? The vocal cords, hey, that's a good one. The piccolo, okay. The piccolo is very nice. Uh, any other ones? What is someone else's favorite instrument? What you think is the most beautiful instrument in the whole world? A harp. There is something so soothing about a harp, isn't there? Trumpet. Boy, it's hard to beat the regal, pompous trumpet, isn't it? Uh, cello? Ooh. Very nice. What do you like about the cello? Yeah, yeah. Indeed, I love the cello as well. Uh, any other ones? Ukulele. Ukulele. What a fun instrument. That reminds me of just going to the beach and chilling, <laughs> relaxing. What a great instrument. Harmonica, that is great, very portable, very portable indeed. Well, uh, I will leave you guys hanging as to what I believe is the most beautiful instrument in the world. Uh, we'll come back to that near the end of the sermon, so keep your ears open. Uh, I'd like to tell you a story. Um, when I was in college, I had the privilege of going on a study tour and mission trip to Lebanon. And Lebanon is quite a, an amazing and wonderful in, uh, country. And in the country of Lebanon, we went to a town called Zarephath. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, we've heard about that in the Bible. Uh, Elijah, he had some 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 experiences there, and there was, does, does anyone remember the story in the Bible about Zarephath? What, what, what was that story? Okay, a widow was there. What happened with this widow? Yes. Okay, tell me more. Okay. Yeah. 
Yes. Okay, and then she had some, some pots, right? What happened to those pots when she acted in faith and made that meal for Elijah? Yeah, they just, they never, they never went, went empty. And, and so we went to a potter in the, the, in the town of Zarephath. It was really cool. Um, and we were remembering back to that story where the pot of these, uh, the pots of these lady, of this lady never went dry, never ran out. Uh, anyway, we went to an actual potter who still makes pottery on a wheel one of those pottery wheels that goes around and around, and we got to watch him make pottery there in the actual town of Zarephath in Lebanon. It was the coolest thing. Um, we walked in, and there, there was all kinds of, of finished and, and uh, partially finished pottery on the shelves, walking uh, in, in the yard, like it, pottery everywhere. And we made our way inside the uh, dimly lit building, uh, and we got to meet the man, the potter. And uh, our leader introduced us to this man, and we we uh, introduced ourselves, and and then he took us over to his potter's wheel. He started it up. Got it, got it going, and then he got the special clay that he uses and uh, started forming it and putting the right amount of water on it and, and uh, getting it into the right shape. And finally, he threw it onto the, onto the wheel and started uh, forming it and shaping it. And that is the coolest thing to watch. Uh, th this this vessel, this pot, uh, just like shaping up. It's it's uh, just really mesmerizing to watch, uh, and, and he can change it very easily. He can just, if he doesn't like what's going on, he just smashes it down and keeps going and makes it into something that's totally different than that. And it was so cool to watch the master potter at work. And you know, God in the Bible is, is described as the expert potter. That verse that we heard earlier, thank you so much, Annette, for reading that. In Isaiah 64, I'd like to read that one more time. Isaiah 64, verse 8. This is our, our main verse for today's sermon. Isaiah 64, verse 8. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we have a volunteer read that nice and loud? Does someone have that? Isaiah 64, verse 8. Okay, read it nice and loud for us. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You are our father and we're the clay. You are the potter. Wow. What does it mean to be the, the clay in the potter's hand? 
many Bible characters in the Bible uh, show us glimpses of, of what that looks like. What it looks like to let yourself be the clay in the hand of the potter. Uh, I think of Joseph. He, even though he was taken to a foreign land, he said, God, I'm going to leave myself in your hands to be used by you however you want to. And what did God do? He, there were some crazy times along the way, but God used him to save whole nations from famine. Wow. Um, what about Joshua? Joshua, I think, exemplified this leaving yourself in the hands of God as, as clay in a potter's hands. Joshua said, I'm going to leave my, myself in the hands of God. Let him use me however he wants to. And then what did God do? God used Joshua to, to uh, lead the conquest of Canaan and lead his people into the promised land. What about Gideon? Gideon, uh, he was very well acquainted with his own deficiencies, wasn't he? Have you ever been uh, brought face to face with your own deficiencies? Yeah, yeah. I am brought face to face with my deficiencies often. Um, but Gideon, he, he said, no, even though I am a weak man, I'm the least in my father's house, I'm going to leave myself like clay in the hands of the potter. And God used him with only 300 men to, to uh, conquer the thousands of Midianites that were encamped against them. What about David? David also said, take me, expert potter, let me be the clay. And he went forth and slew the giant and, and killed Goliath. Isaiah. Isaiah said, Lord, send me. Remember when, when God was asking, who will go for us? Who shall we send? Isaiah said, yes, here I am, Lord. Send me. Let me be the clay in the potter's hands. Esther. Esther, she did the same thing. Lord, take me and use me however you want to. And God did. What about Mary? Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's a wonderful Bible verse uh, in Luke 1, verse 38. Right after the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. What did Mary do? What was her response? That's right. Nothing will be impossible. That's what the angel said. And then Mary responded, Behold, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's a response that, that sounds a lot like what we've been talking about. Lord, take me as the clay. Use me however you want to. Let me be your maidservant. What a beautiful response. The apostles, they also had this response, and God accomplished 
great things through the apostles. Uh, if we go down through the ages to the, the reformers, we see people like Huss and Jerome and Luther who said, Lord, use me. Let me be the clay in the hand of the expert potter. And God used them in mighty ways. We come forward more to the, uh, the great awakenings. We have people like William Miller, like Joseph Bates, like J.N. Andrews, um, like James and Ellen White. These people, they surrendered themselves to the Lord. God, let me be simply in your hands to be used however you want to use me. So if we come further down through the ages, we come to you and me. And the question is for us today, will I be the clay? Will I let God mold me and shape me and form me and squish me and stretch me so that I can be used however he wants to use me? Is that what you want today? That is what I want as well. That is what I want as well. Amen. Amen. There's a wonderful quote in a fabulous book called The Ministry of Healing. I'd like to read it. It talks about this potter and clay aspect that we've been talking about. This is Ministry of Healing 471. The potter takes the clay and molds it according to his will. He kneads it, he works it, he tears it apart, presses it together, he wets it and then dries it. He lets it lie for a while without touching it. Well, it is perfectly, when, it, when it is perfectly pliable, he continues the work of making it a vessel. He forms it into shape and on the wheel trims and polishes it. He dries it in the sun and bakes it in the oven. Thus it becomes a vessel fit for use. So the great master worker desires to mold and fashion us. And as the clay is in the hands of the potter, so we are to be in his hands. We are not to try to do the work of the potter. Our part is to yield ourselves to be molded by the master worker. That's beautiful, isn't it? We're not to try to do the potter's work. He's the one that must shape us and use us and form us. Our part is to yield ourselves to be molded by the master worker. I love that quote. I think it's really, really cool. And it brings out so many of the different things that the potter does to the clay. Um, there's a lot of different stages in these processes, isn't there? He tears it, presses it, wets it, dries it, lets it sit for a while, continues working it, forms it, trims it, polishes it, dries it, bakes it. It's quite a process, huh? I'm thankful I don't have to uh, be in charge of that process. God is the one who's doing the work in our lives, huh? Um, now, let me ask you another question. Um, do you think it will always be comfortable to be clay? No? Why so? 
baked. That could be kind of hot in that oven. Changing so much, indeed. Yeah, change is not comfortable, is it, for any of us? We kind of like to get in our ruts and stay there. Uh, Rodney. Okay. Interesting point. So maybe the, the it could be less painful if we're if we if we're malleable. Hmm. That's a good point. Alwyn. It is the best place to be, isn't it? It really is. I think that it still may be uncomfortable, even if we're in the master's hand, but, but that, un that discomfort will pale into comparison with the glory that he has and the joy of, of being in his hands. I think that's very well said. Yeah. Rose. Praise God. That's beautiful. That is very beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Hmm. So I want to ask the question to each one of us, like, let's ask the Lord, what is it that you want to do in my life? What, what are you making me into? What, um, how is it that you want to use me? I'd, I'd like to read another quote from this book, The Ministry of Healing. And this is uh, from earlier in the book. And this gives us some glimpses into what God wants to make us into in this, in this process of the clay in the potter's hands. Uh, it says, To everyone who becomes a partaker of his grace, the Lord appoints a work for others. Individually, we are to stand in our lot and place saying, here I am, send me. Upon the minister of the word, the missionary nurse, the Christian physician, the individual Christian, whether he be a merchant or farmer, professional man or mechanic, the responsibility rests upon all. It is our work to reveal to men the gospel of their salvation. Every enterprise in which we engage should be a means to this end. So one of the things God is doing in our lives is making us into a missionary. 
Isn't that right? And I love how it brings out so many different professions. Isn't that cool? We, we have a physician mentioned here. We have pastors, nurses, um, merchants, farmers, professional men or, or women, mechanics. And, and that is so, something that I want to impress, be impressed upon us today is that God wants to form each one of us into a missionary. Uh, God is not calling for only the pastors to do the work of spreading the gospel. God is not calling for only uh, doctors to minister to others. No matter what work God has given us to do, he wants to shape us into a missionary. So think of where God has placed you. Uh, just think in your mind, okay, where has God placed me? I'm to be a missionary in that context. That's, that's my mission field right there. And God wants to use me, no matter what profession you are, God wants to use me as a missionary. Isn't that neat? Um, now, let's, let me turn the page and, uh, and read something further here. It says that we should feel it our special duty to work for those living in our neighborhood. Wow, so not only no matter what profession you are, but wherever you are, whatever setting you find yourself, even in your own neighborhood, God wants to shape us as the clay into a missionary right there in our own neighborhood. Uh, and I'd like, to, like for us to think, um, what does God want me to do in my family? What does God, how does he want to use me uh, in, my, in my own neighborhood? How does God want to use me in my workplace? No matter where I work, what profession I am, how does God want to use me in my community? Uh, and we are going to be doing some, some neat health outreaches here coming up in the next uh, short while here at this church. And, and so I want each of us to be thinking, okay, are there friends that I know that I could invite to these events? Uh, are there people I could let, uh, let know what a wonderful opportunity we're going to have with cooking schools and health expos? How can, I, how can I be used by Jesus right here in our own community of Crestline? Um, let's be thinking and praying about these things. Now, uh, some of us might be thinking, well, can I really be used by God? I mean, I have all these shortcomings. I, I, I'm not a perfect Christian. Uh, I really don't feel adequate to, to do the job. Well, go back to Gideon's story, right? Even though he was inadequate, God used him to do incredible things. 
And really it's as we realize our inadequacy that we're in the best place because that's when we rely most fully upon Jesus. And he'll make up the difference. He'll supply our insufficiencies with his all-sufficiency. Jesus is an expert potter. He can take a lump of clay that has a bunch of dirt in it, and he can clean it up. Like, he's that good. He is the expert potter. Um, but there's another analogy that I'd like to make. Jesus is not only an expert potter, he's an expert uh, music, uh, musician and instrument maker. So have you ever heard about these violin makers that make beautiful instruments out of the, they find their wood and they do all the crafting and, and all of these things. God is like that as well. And he wants, uh, he wants to make us into a vessel like the potter, but he also wants to make us into a beautiful instrument in his hands. And then he'll play us because he's the master musician as well. So he will play us and use us to make beautiful music in the world. Um, one more quote here. Sometimes we may, we may doubt if God can really use us. But look at what this says God can do if we will just say, Lord, take me in your hand to be used however you want to. Look what God can do if we ask him to do that in our lives. There is no limit to the usefulness of one who putting self aside, makes room for the working of the Holy Spirit upon his heart and lives a life wholly consecrated to God. Let me read that one more time and let it, let it sink in. There is no limit to the usefulness of one who, putting self aside, makes room for the working of the Holy Spirit upon his heart and lives a life wholly consecrated to God. No limit to, to how God can use us. Isn't that incredible? Like, this, this statement gets me excited. The next page has something equally amazing. It says, To everyone who offers himself to the Lord for service, withholding nothing is given power for the attainment of measureless results. Now, could someone tell me what the word measureless means? It can't be measured. Oh, wow. Okay, so what I'm reading here is that results that can't even be measured will come when we say, Lord, let me be in your hands like that lump of clay in the expert potter's hands. Let me be used as an instrument 
in the hands of Jesus. When we say, Lord, take me as wholly yours and, and withhold nothing from him, he will accomplish measureless results through you, through you, through me. Take courage, church family. Take courage, each one. God will accomplish great things through you if you place your, place your life in his hands. Rodney, did you have something to say? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. God has, God has things in store that he wants to do in our lives, through our lives, that we cannot imagine. We can't, we can't uh, fathom the things that he has in store. So the question for each one of us today as we uh, come to the close near the end of the sermon, do you want to be the clay in the hands of the expert potter? Withholding nothing and say, Jesus, like, I want to be I want to be completely yours, to be used by you in my family, in my neighborhood, in my church, in my community, in my job, in my school. Use me however you would like to. Do you want to be a, an instrument in the hands of the master musician? Amen. Yeah? Absolutely, yes. I do too. There's a, a little clip that I'd like to play. Josiah, if you could get that up and rolling. Listen to this beautiful violin piece. And, and just imagine what the Lord could do through you as you place your life in his hands. Beautiful. And Jesus can do that in our lives. Make us a, a, an instrument beautifully played to bless others. Melissa's going to, and, and some, some others are going to pass out a little, a little decision card where we can respond to this message today. And as she's passing that out, I'll tell you 
what the most beautiful instrument in the world is. Are you ready? The most beautiful instrument in the world is what Jesus can make each one of us as we allow him to make us an instrument in his hands. To be molded, reformed, recreated, stretched, polished, and played however the expert musician desires to use us. So what's the most beautiful instrument in the world? It's what Jesus can make each one of us as we place ourselves in his hands as an instrument to be used by him however he desires. So let's look at the decision card. There's two boxes you can that you could check. The first one says, I want to be an instrument in the hands of Jesus to be used however he desires. If that's something that you would like, you can just place a, a check mark in the box there. The next one says, I am willing to volunteer at one of the upcoming health outreach events in our community. Um, you don't have to this is not like promising I will be at every outreach because um, you need to know when the dates are and such. But if this is something that you'd be willing and interested in, in uh, being a part of, check that and uh, we will uh, be able to communicate more with you uh, in the future. And you can just put your name and contact info on there and pass these in to the deacons uh, before the end of the service. And as you're filling the, out your card, uh, Melissa and I are going to do a song. She's going to sing a song, and it talks about letting us, uh, letting ourselves be an instrument in the hands of God. So as she sings this song, Send up prayers to Jesus yourself and tell him, Lord, make me an instrument in your hands. Savior, thou hast called, and gladly will I seek to make thy might and mercy known. I shall speak thy peace, and may my Unto men an echo of thine own. 
heads as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being such a good expert potter, such a kind and loving uh, shaper of our lives, such an expert and skillful and wonderful master musician. And we want to say 
to you today. Take us as wholly yours to be the clay in your hands, to be an instrument in your hands for you to use us however you'd like to. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Amen.